Testing, there we go. All right, good morning. Welcome again on a beautiful Sunday morning. Glad you are here. Um, before I start, I want to just give a big thank you to our sound techs back here. They've been extremely helpful. I think we're getting it figured out here. Um, if you want to go ahead and switch it, Jamie. Trying to get trying to get something with slides that actually work. Um, so they've been giving me suggestions, ideas. So we got something hooked up here that we're going to try this morning. See if it works. There it is. What do you know? Thank you. So today um, we're going to keep going with the sermon from last Sunday. Um, I had planned to do two, two parts to it anyway, so we're going to keep going with that. And last Sunday we started, we talked about Sabbath. We started in Mark chapter 2 where Jesus, the Pharisees come to Jesus. They had a problem with his Pharisees because they were picking heads of grain off of the wheat while they were walking somewhere. And Jesus ends it with saying, he tells them that man was not made for the Sabbath, but the Sabbath was made for man. Um, and so from that, I, we, we get the premise, and what I would suggest to us today is Sabbath is not rules that are given to us, but it is a gift that is given to us. Because God knew that we desperately needed Sabbath that we desperately needed rest, and so he gave us Sabbath. And we set the premise for why we should observe Sabbath way at the beginning of time in Genesis chapter 2, verse 1, where God said he had created everything in six days, and on the seventh day, God rested. So we, we follow Sabbath, we honor Sabbath, a day of rest. We honor that because God honored it. God rested. God stopped. And we honor the Sabbath because God said he blessed the day. It's, and we talked about how the blessing that God gives us to, on the Sabbath is that it brings life. It brings life to us when we stop our striving and we find rest. It brings life to us. And when God gives us life, then it also produces life and gives life to the people around us. And then we ended with God set it apart. He called the day holy. It was the very first thing in all of Scripture that God said is holy, and that was the Sabbath. And so on, this, on the screen, the first slide is simply the definition of what Sabbath is. And there were three words that we, I gave you in defining Sabbath, and that was to stop and to rest and to delight or celebrate. I guess you could use celebrate there. And all those come from the definition of Sabbath. And so today I don't want to spend maybe a little bit of time talking about those three, and we'll get to those in just a little bit. But before we do, I want you to think back to creation. So God creates all this stuff, and on the sixth day, God created Adam and Eve. And this struck me this last week, last week or two weeks ago, I was listening to a podcast, and the guy mentioned this, and I, I don't think I'd ever thought about it before. The first day that Adam and Eve are living on this earth is a day of rest. Their very first full day of living was the Sabbath. It was a day of rest. And I think, I think it's significant because I often approach Sabbath or, or rest from a perspective of, okay, so I've got all my work done, now I can rest. 
And I think maybe what God wants us to think about is that we start from this place of rest, being secure, finding our identity in Christ, our identity, our value in Him alone, and out of that we work. Because we do tend to find our significance and our value in what we can produce and what we can actually accomplish. So the very first day that Adam and Eve are alive is a day of rest. It's a day that they were simply spent being with God. And by the way, work is not a curse. Work was given before the fall of man to care for the earth. So work is a blessing. But I just want us to recognize that Adam and Eve, God did not have them start with work, but he had them start with rest. And then from there they worked. And if you wonder, what's the big deal? Why do I make such a big deal about Sabbath? Probably because it's hard for me. If you're like me, I hope some of you are at least, that you find it incredibly hard to stop, to rest. Just check out, not, not check out, but from the things, the six days that, that I've been doing things, lay that down and just completely let it, let it go. Sabbath is meant to center my life my body, soul, and spirit in the goodness of God. And so I go into the work week from a place of that rest and security of who I am, knowing I'm loved and secure. Somewhere along the line, I think we need to come to recognize that Sabbath, the gift of Sabbath, is a time for us to stop and rest and to let God love us. Because when I can stop and I can allow God to simply love me and I love Him and we enjoy being together, it completely changes the outlook from everything else. It gives perspective that I cannot gain anywhere else in life. So if you want to follow along, we're going to to read from Exodus chapter 20, and I'll have this up on a slide here a little bit later then. Um, Let me, let me, before I read the text, let me go back to this quote from last week. I forgot I had this in there. This is why we need Sabbath. Our road-weary, exhausted churches have largely failed to integrate Sabbath into their lives as vital elements of Christian discipleship. It is not as though we do not love God. We love God deeply. We just do not know how to sit with God anymore. And that's one of the beauties of Sabbath. When we honor Sabbath... We stop and we simply learn to sit with God. It's incredibly, incredibly difficult. And I also had given you this list. So, I'd asked you last Sunday to look at the list. Where do you find yourself here? And so today, I want to bring this back up at the end. How do we find ourselves? If we find ourselves over here on this restless side, how do we find move to a place where we find ourselves where we find rest, where we're at peace and at rest, not only physically, but deep within our souls, emotionally, we are at rest and we're not striving because we're going to see that we can stop our work but not be at rest. Exodus chapter 20. Very, very, very familiar portion of Scripture, right? So God gives the Ten Commandments And we get all of these. So he starts with, No other gods before me. You shall not make any graven images to you. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Honor your father and mother. 
do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness, you shall not covet. All these things God gives us, and I won't go so far as to say we, we honor, we, we probably, actually, if I'm honest, okay, this is, this is my struggle, this is where I find myself, I often live like there's nine commandments and not ten. Because God gives us the Sabbath day, He gives us this, and it's completely different. It's, it's worded differently than the rest of them. He says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but on the seventh day, the, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter or your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days, and this is the only commandment that he gives the why. For in six days, the Lord God made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, God blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. So why is the Sabbath day a big deal? Why did God give his children a Sabbath He starts with remember, and he points us all the way back to creation. He says, remember, this is what I did. So there's one. And then he blessed it, and he called it holy. I thought there was another thought that I had wanted to share with that. Oh. Who's the Sabbath for? Did you get that? Did you catch that in there? Who's the Sabbath for? Do you notice it's not just for you? It's for your sons, your daughters, your servants. So if you're a business owner, is he saying, I believe he is, that it should not be a day of work for them? And then I catch myself on your livestock. Does that mean... What, is, what does that mean? Does that mean you don't milk your cows on Sunday, on Sabbath? This is something for us to think about. There's a reason God says, do it all in six days, and the seventh day you're going to rest. There's something life-giving about the rest that God gives on the Sabbath and why he gives it to us. So, those three words, stop, rest, and then delight. First of all, it's a day of stopping. So you drive, drive down the road. You go down to the end of the road here. There's a stop sign there. Why is that stop sign there? It's there for you, for your protection, for your good, and for the good of the people who are around you. Isn't the exact same true about why God gives us a Sabbath? It's a day that we stop. It's a stop sign in our life that God gives us as a gift to stop from our work. But most of us live with a mindset that we can't stop or we can't rest until we've actually completed the project. So if you've got one more room that you wanted to sweep in the house, you've got another paragraph that you need to do to finish your term paper, can you simply stop? Or if, so in my world, if I'm a farmer, I've got hay down. 
It's supposed to rain tomorrow. Can I just stop and let it go? That's the question. Those are the things that I wrestle with and I wonder. But there, there's something with the mindset that we have that we'll rest once we get all the work done. But there's something powerful that happens when we stop, when our projects are not completed, and I don't have all everything in line. I don't, the dishes are not all put away. I told my wife the other a couple weeks ago, I was like, so if the sink is full of dishes, can you just leave it and let it go? She's like, no, I can't rest until it's done. But I'm, so, and I get that. That's exactly how I think. But isn't that, is that a sign that we really, really need a Sabbath? That we just stop and let it go? So I, I'm, not, I'm just throwing, I'm giving you some things to think about practically in your life. So here's a practical example of stopping what you do on the six days, and this day, there's something different about it. So one guy, he's, I just heard him talking about the Sabbath. He's incredibly OCD and likes everything just perfectly in order. And so one of the first things he does when he gets up in the morning is he fixes his bed. But on Sabbath, he gets up and he doesn't fix his bed. It was just a simple thing that helps him, reminds him to stop. This does not define who I am. And so he just lets it go. He lets it rest. Very simple, very practical, maybe weird, but I simply give it to you to think about. Studies would show that probably the most overworked people in our world are small business owners and homemakers. I think there's probably truth to that. Small business owners, it's so easy to take the work home with you. You can never get away from it. And I think we all know homemakers, the work never ends, right? It's just always 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 there so how do you how do you sabbath if that's the case how do you, how do you set aside time for to stop and to rest <clears throat> so the jewish people traditionally and, and god gave them all kinds of things to do in the old testament like so they would do tons of preparation ahead of time and even up to uh, nowadays still so the jews will go out and they'll They'll do um, preparation. They'll buy all the stuff they need. They'll prepare all the food, anything they might need for the Sabbath so that when the Sabbath comes, that everything else can just stop and they can actually find rest. So maybe it means I need to prepare. But we stop physically. We stop physically from our work. And we do that to remind ourselves that there's a God and I'm not Him. But maybe there's a bigger... That's part of... There's a bigger reason why we need to stop and I think it has to do with trust when I can simply stop and let go of all the things that generally consume my life for six days and I can just lay them down it's me recognizing and trusting God saying look this isn't done it drives me crazy but today is your day remember it's a holy God said it's holy this day is set apart for him we tend to make it all about me, but it's all about God himself. So we do it physically, and this is incredibly hard, but we also do it mentally. This is probably the hardest one for me, because we all, I think most of us don't have much of an issue taking time or taking the day off of work. But I would suggest to us that Sabbath is much more or much different 
than just taking a day off of work. So, confession time. Last Sunday, I preached about Sabbath, and I went home. Before we even got home, I pulled out this nasty little thing, and I went to check my calendar to see what all was coming up in the week ahead. It's like, you're kidding me. I didn't even get the calendar opened, and I caught it, and I thought about it. It's like, just let it go. And so I deliberately refused to look at my calendar. It was like, Monday morning, I'll get up and I'll look at it, and I'll figure it out from there. But it's just those little things, but to mentally disconnect. We can physically disconnect from the work, but can I mentally disconnect from the work that's there and everything that I know is ahead of me? So there, we need to have that mental rest as well. So it's much more than just a day off of work. So we stop and then we rest. We rest from the things that tend to zap our energy. So what should, you be, what should I be resting from? What should you be resting from? And recognize that this is going to be different where your stage of life, where you find yourself, this is going to be different. I'll show you just a slide of some of the things that I just jotted down that, for me, are really hard to rest from. And so these are things that I want to be and try to be really intentional about in what I rest from. So what do you rest from? Consider, consider resting from running errands. Paying bills, catching up on housework. I don't wrestle with that one. Um, technology. Can we, can we rest from technology, from phones, TV, computer, movies, social media? And here's where I think this is where it's easy for us to make the Sabbath a day off that's all about me. Now, I'm not saying don't watch movies or whatever. But I'm saying it should be a day that we deliberately set aside time that we're with God. Corporately, but individually and together as well. So maybe this is, that, that's, this is just one for me. Planning out the week ahead. There's me. The hurry of life. It's a time to just slow down. Just slow it all down. And worry. Thinking about the things ahead. Just for me to stop. We stop exerting ourselves physically, mentally, and emotionally. And we rest from the things that tend to take our energy away from us and we move to things that give us rest, resting God. So what if I would use a filter, something like, if there's something that you want to do on the Sabbath, on a Sabbath when you're resting, ask yourself, is it restful? Is it worship? Because I think the delight becomes a part of our worship. And let that be the filter that I use to gauge is this something I take part in, is it, or is it not? And so I want to spend a little bit of time and close out with the last, the last one, delight. Um, or you can use the word celebrate. <clears throat> so I'll put that up now. You can, you can look at that. The Sabbath is an invitation to enter delight. The Sabbath, when experienced as God intended, is the best way, day of our lives, without question or thought, the best day of the week. <clears throat> Sabbath is the holy time where we feast, play, dance, sing, pray, laugh, 
tell stories, read, paint, walk, and watch creation in its fullness. Unquote. That's Dan Allender. Intentionally taking the time to pursue activities that connect you with the heart of God, that connect you with the things that are going on deep in your heart. Pete Scazzaros says that we live in a world that, has, that is delight deficient. Think about it. Delight deficient. So we, our culture, our American culture says that the things that we pursue are what? Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, right? That's the pursuit. That's what everyone is pursuing so desperately. And yet in our world today, we probably live in the most worn out, angry, and tired culture that we have ever lived in. And happiness seems to be just incredibly elusive. Could it be that God is pointing us back to something that we've missed? So God delights. So back to Genesis chapter 2. And I I think I mentioned this last time. But Genesis chapter 2, when God takes the Sabbath, I think his Sabbath, it wasn't because he was tired physically or mentally tired. God takes the time to delight over his creation. He takes his time to delight in you and me, and he gives us the Sabbath so that we can stop and we can embrace that. We can take that in, and then we can in turn delight in him. And there's so, so, so many different ways that we can delight in God. And here again, it's going to be different for you than it is for me. Some of you, it might be sitting in a tree stand, There's something that happens at that time when you are alone with God. Maybe it's going on a walk. I love walking up on our hill, just intentionally soaking in the beauty of nature around me, blocking out all the other junk. So often when we go on a walk or go on a run, whatever, let me me just challenge you with this. If you go on a walk, take out the earbuds. Stop listening to things and trying to figure out life. As you're walking, notice the leaves, notice the butterflies, the deer, the fawns that are running in the fields right now. Notice the clouds. If, you're, if it's at night, notice the stars. Years ago, I just now thought of this, I remembered, and because I, I thought back to this, I thought back to this years ago, soon after we moved down to our farm, there was a young kid who um, His dad was absent in his life, and he'd come down and spend time with me sometimes. And it it almost drove me crazy because he'd always want to go out and just look for deer, just sit out and watch deer. And we'd go up on this hill, and we'd just sit there for a couple hours. But those were such good times because I stopped what I was doing, looked at the clouds, and see, just soak in the beauty. It's delighting in God's creation that he's given you and delighting when we do that we also are delighting in God <clears throat> whatever it may be for you maybe it's the food savor it enjoy the taste of whatever it is and it's all its goodness but also slow down and rest and stop long enough to enjoy the people you're with I find so often we're moving at such a rapid pace 
that there's so little, if any, time for spontaneous conversations or divine encounters, whatever you want to call it, with people. But can we on the Sabbath slow down and allow God to bring spontaneous encounters and conversations with people and enjoy other people? What that looks like is going to be different, but ask yourself the question, what is it that refreshes your soul? What is it that really, really refreshes your soul? That should be part of your Sabbath, whatever that is for you. And let me just close with the end of Exodus, um, that verse again from the Ten Commandments, Exodus chapter 20. For in six days God created, made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. That's why it should be different than just a day off of work. On a day off of work, I can run and do errands, I can do all this kinds of stuff. But the Sabbath is meant to be something much deeper than that. One of the reasons I think we're so driven and fast-paced is we're afraid of what we'll see if we stop. If we stop and we contemplate on our own hearts and our own souls where we're at, sometimes we're afraid of what we might see. And so we just keep rushing, 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 rushing. So it's much more than a day off of work. This day is separated to God. God said it's holy. That means it's a day that revolves around Him. Not around me and my likes and what I want. It's a day that centers around Him. And if we are stopping our work physically, mentally, emotionally, but we're doing it just for ourselves and we're missing God, then we're missing the heart of Sabbath. The heart of Sabbath takes us back to God Himself. So we stop, we rest, and we allow God to love us. And part of Sabbath should be our church family, should be our church family getting together as a church body. But I had to think, even in, even in our churches, I'm just, I'm just talking to you here, even in our churches I think we can get so production-driven So, uh, yeah, production-driven. We know we know how to that we just we just push through through the systems. We know exactly how to put things in place to make so it works. But I think our our church gatherings, our family gatherings here, are learning about learning should be more about being with God together than it is about the production, how we do things. And when we learn to be with God individually, we learn simply to sit with Him, and we learn to do that together as a body. There's something that is incredibly uniting on a much, much deeper level than we can ever come up with on our own. So I would suggest to us that the Sabbath is given to us, so we stop, we rest, and delight. So get that, get those into your minds. Stop, rest and delight so that we can simply learn to be with God.
so we can learn to sit with Him. Something we desperately, desperately need. So take this. Sabbath should be a place, a time that moves us from here over to here. And when we Sabbath with God, we learn to sit with God, even in the fast pace, the six days, we learn to live from this restful state, not in the restless state. And God gives us the Sabbath to remind us and to bring us back, to ground us in who we are. All right. Thank you for your time. Um,